you're gonna get me uh you're gonna get me deleted oh. from Facebook too? Yeah. Oh we got a, we got a topic. We got all kind of topic. I wanna I wanna title this one Essential Business because I have just about had enough of these of these idiots on social media that tell me what is business is essential and what business is not essential. Um, it is, uh, you know, we, our last episode was on Friday the 13th. That was 12 days ago. And it seems like a lifetime. Yeah. Look you know, what's changed in 12 days in, in 12 days. I never could have dreamed, uh, that we would be where we are and it's uh it's fascinating to me to watch the people on on social media which is really an unfair cross-section of the country because you you would have to you would have to you'd have to measure the numbers just right because the people that make the most noise on Facebook probably in reality are indicative of a very small sample size of 350 million people, but they're the loudest right now. And I have made some challenges on, uh, against people on this essential business thing, because as far as I'm concerned, every single business is essential. There's no such thing as a non-essential business. Now, and it's in my view that there's a bunch of unessential people up in Washington and there's a bunch of non-essential piece, bunch of people in New York City um, that everybody in the world will be a, a whole lot better without. But this has become a demonization of business. It has become... Uh, see, let, let me back up for I had someone ask me the other day, they said, is this a conspiracy? And I said, well, number one, I hate that word. It's not a conspiracy because in order for there to be a conspiracy, there has to be one group. There has to be this cabal uh, that we that we that, that the novels and the movies tell us that there are these old white men. They're in a they're in a room with lots of mahogany and there's and there's and there's liquor and there's cigars and they've put together this plan. But what we have are five or six groups. We've got an unbelievably corrupt media that has been corrupt for a very long time that's taken advantage of a situation. All right, you have a presidential administration. It doesn't matter if he's red. It doesn't matter if he's blue. It doesn't matter if he's Democrat or Republican. If any administration in a situation like this said, everybody calm down, it's going to be okay. They're going to get their head torn. Then you have the political operatives that are that that administration's opponents are going to use this as an opportunity to take him down, which they're doing. Then you have the actual doctors like like Dr. Burks and Admiral Joie, who have been in this epidemic business for 40 years. This is their thing. This is what they do. They're probably the only pure and I'd give them just enough rope to hang themselves, but they're probably the only pure actors in this. And of course, then you have the bankers and the Federal Reserve people on the Wall Street bunch, and they're they're just, I mean, they're they can't wait to get their check. So, in order 
for all of this to be a conspiracy, there'd have to be one group, and there's just not. But I'm, I'm, I've been in, in West Virginia, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Texas. Okay, so nine states since last Sunday. So seven, eight, nine, ten days, nine states. And what I'm witnessing is people aren't staying home. There are some people staying home. Traffic is down. But in order for all of this draconian, authoritarian plan to work, to save us all from the terrible virus, then everybody would literally have to stay sheltered in their home. And that's the problem. They're doing all of this when they incited a panic and sent everybody to the grocery store and completely, at that point, it's all all your efforts are over. So it's just been fascinating to watch. And I've, I have had more conversations with more random people in the last 12 days of just being at the grocery store. Hey, what do you, th- what do you think about this? And to a man, it's, it's crazy. It's nonsense. Why are they doing this? What are they hiding from us? It's all these questions. And so here we are in this business that... Oh, thank you, truckers, and you truckers, oh, the hero. Of course, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, because once we outlast our usefulness, it's going to be right back to the same, oh, you're in our way, get out of the way, get in the right lane, sit down, shut up, here's another batch of regulations, because the regulations don't seem to matter anymore, you know. It's just such a fascinating thing to live through, and, you know, and, but but here's the big thing that I want everybody to lock on to. All this stuff we've talked about, truck and grow rich, and how the, what the value is of that CDL. Buddy, they ain't never been another example to show you the value of having a CDL. Because in a situation like this, you are going to make money, period. Yeah, I have to kind of hold my tongue, you know, because you're out and about and everybody's home from work and worried about other businesses closing down. And I just have to kind of be quiet because, I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be look like I'm taking advantage of the situation. But I went and picked up some stuff today from a guy I know a little bit. He goes, well, how's how's this affecting your business? I'm like, I really I really hate to take this because I'm ashamed in a way. But I mean. Our business is great. Now, it's hard to conduct business because of the yeah. fools that we have to deal with regulatory-wise. And I gave him an example. I said, you know, we have a really a string of really good customers in Pennsylvania that we service every week, you know, and have done it for years. And the governor just blanketly shuts down every rest area and, and uh, travel plaza in Pennsylvania, Okay. And I said, so it's not that we can't do business. It's just I can't, Pennsylvania is too long of a state for me to have a driver go through without stopping to take a leak or trying to eat, grab lunch or just, you know, uh, if it's not exempt material, take a 30 minute break. I said, it, it, you can't get through Pennsylvania. You can't just, 
it's not like going through the finger of West Virginia. You know, it takes a long time to get through. So I said, business is great. It's just conducting business sucks, you know. Um, so, but I said, the good thing about that is the unintended consequences started showing up about day two and they go, uh oh, this might not be a good idea, you know. So now we're going to open back up 13 of the ones that we close. Okay. We're going to, yeah. we're going to admit that we halfway made a stupid mistake. Okay. And we'll open yeah. up 13. Then they figured out, well, now nothing can be open except a drive through. Well, in all their infinite wisdom, nobody thought about driving a pick or a, a semi through a drive through <laughs> even though there's a picture on Facebook of one of them trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, the, and and then they then they, now everybody McDonald's uh, they've pulled you know they've ripped open their shirt to show the big M in the middle you know yeah we're gonna let you walk you know I mean all these all these exemptions now it's just funny to watch. What they will do, what they will forget and forgive in order to get what they want. You know, now right. here's my opinion about this. Okay. Whatever regulations that we're tossing to the side right now, they should never have been passed to begin with. Right. If, 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 if the, if our conducting business is so important, okay, that you're going to throw everything, including those precious hours of service that have been in place since 1939. OK, if we're going to throw those out, because obviously safety is not as important as getting the shit to the customer. OK, so it's funny how last week running down I-75 with a chicken light out would have got your ass pulled over. And this week they don't even blink their Go on. Here we go. We'll we'll feed you. Pull in the way station here. We'll go get you something to eat. You know, but just keep <laughs> on keep on driving your truck, would you? Would you trucker? You right. know, right. The big the big today. Every well, we don't give a shit because we keep our trucks in good shape. But a lot of owner operators park their trucks for a, a long week, either in late May or early June, when when international road check happens. The CVSA international road check. It's three days of Let's bring as many trucks in and inspect them as we possibly can. Okay, so it's a huge money grab. Okay, for the for the the states. Okay, because they can write a yeah. ticket at will. Okay, it's like shooting yeah, fish in a barrel. Fruit. It's a shooting fish in a barrel. Well, today they decide they're going to suspend that. For, well, they're going to postpone it. But isn't it funny how all these things don't matter anymore? When they need, when they, when they realize that what we do is pretty important, you know, but yeah. like you say, you don't get, don't get drunk on this because yeah. as soon as, as soon as thing gets back to normal, okay, then, you know, the trucks are going to be just big things that get in the way and move slow and are ugly to park in the neighborhood and all the other things that we put up with all the time. So, yeah, um, I, I talk, I, I'm, go ahead. Well, I was on, I was going to add that in amongst all this regulation, it was it was interesting to watch. I mean, I, I rode an unbelievable roller coaster from from Sunday through Thursday because on Monday night, uh, let me look at my calendar. Monday night, the sixteenth, is when Governor Wolf of Pennsylvania uh, ordered all businesses closed and non-essential he used the word non-essential and i thought well there i go i'm out 
you know, because I don't deliver to grocery stores and pharmacies and gas stations. So, or liquor stores. <laughs> so, Tuesday morning, I call my customers. My, my deliveries always begin on Wednesday. And Tuesday morning, I call my customers and I said, hey, what's the deal? They said, don't worry about it. We're essential. All right, rock and roll. I go pick up my load. I deliver Wednesday. I deliver Thursday. I get done with my load, get down the road Thursday night. Now Governor Wolf has ordered all non-life-sustaining businesses to close. And they got this big list. And I look at the list, and and right there it says, you know, like building contractors not permitted to operate. So Friday morning I call my customers again. Hey, what's going on? Well, we're closed. Okay. So I go ahead and book a load. I'm in Texas right now. Um, I should be uh, I should be delivering windows in Pennsylvania today, but instead I'm in Texas. So I'd already booked this load, and my customer calls me about three hours later. He says, hey, we're going to be open. I said, really? He said, yep. Uh, our lawyers got involved and we're going to tell the governor to pound sand. We're staying open. And I thought, what an interesting development because it really is fascinating because People in, in this country, in the United States of America, they love to thump their chest, and this is the land of the free, and they fought for my freedom, and you better thank them for their service. But when one guy says, okay, well, you're not allowed to have business anymore, you're done. When one guy says, oh, you better stay in your home, you're done. Um, what the hell just happened to liberty? What, what the hell just happened to land of the free and home of the brave and... Well, it, because it, all that because, went out the window. Because political shaming is more important than liberty. Yeah. Okay. Not to be. You, 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 it, well, I can't. I, 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 it, it, it makes my blood boil to, to think about it. Okay. People are so quick to give up, you know, their individual constitutionally guaranteed. Bill of Rights specifically um, listed rights, all because of somebody fear mongering, you know, and it just it 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 makes my stomach turn, you know. People willingly, and we're talking about smart people, okay? The smarter they are, the more willing they are to give it up, you know. It's the rednecks in West Virginia that aren't doing it, you know, but all the New York City people. There's a picture of Times Square. Hey, I was some bitch in Times Square last night. Okay. Yeah. There'd be 50,000 people there normally. There ain't nobody there. Okay. I, I, uh, I well, you said I, I, I watched, there was a Joe Rogan clip that I watched today with a guy named Andy Stump. And he's some sort of special forces guy. But he had this line right at the end. And it says, quote, I think that people are often in a rush to talk in an educated manner about things they know nothing about. I'm sure they do. At all, buddy. I, I mean, I heard that because I'm <laughs> watching. What's funny is I will make a statement and I'll say, well, why don't you turn off the news? And I always put quotes around the word mm -hmm. news because it's mm -hmm. not news. Why don't you turn off the news? And they're, they, they instantly disavow themselves from the news and they embrace science data the problem is they're repeating the lines that they've points. heard from the news mm -hmm. or from a politician or from some useful 
idiot, uh, that, that, you know, expert, uh, and people, well, the experts say, and I'm like, oh, the experts that they've never been wrong. Have they, <laughs> you know? And, and so these people repeat all of these things that they've heard, but they've never once gone and looked at the statistical data themselves. And that's the unfortunate place that we find ourselves in 2020 because you now have absolute unrestricted access to all the information the world has ever known. And you can look at this stuff in real time. A 17-year-old child built a tracking website for this virus that everybody in the world is using, built by a 17-year-old kid in Washington. And I've watched it since it went live. Uh, well, it's been about 15, 15 or 20 days at least. And I've watched the numbers. And so I'm watching the numbers. And the number of cases is growing. That's, that's true. Number of deaths is going up. That's also true. But then you have the governor of California saying, well, you know, half of my state's going to get this virus, 20 million people. And that means 2 million of them are going to die. Right. And I'm thinking, hey, hey, genius, you are um, there's no statistical basis for that whatsoever. You know, and um, uh, so, <clears throat> well, you hit the nail on the head when you said that people don't tend to be able to speak from their own um, knowledge base. You know, they only want to repeat what they've heard somebody else say. And then and that person now is given all the credibility that they haven't deserved because all they did was repeat it, you know. Like you said, you know, I, I, I mean, let me give you a, a simpler example of this, okay? How often in these Landstar Facebook groups do you see somebody go in there and ask a stupid question like, where do I get a blank bill of lading? Okay? Right. Now, now, it's easier for some people to go on Facebook and ask a stupid question like that and get 13 answers, all of which would be different, and, and 12 of them will be wrong than for that guy to go to the source to begin with and get the right answer right up front, even though it might take a little more work. Because it's easier, because it, it's not, the information you're going to get in Facebook or in any, like you're talking about, when people repeat other people, is you're just going to get opinions or you're going to get passed down talking points. You know, no right. one gives you the answer based on the fact that they have knowledge. You know, they just want to throw something out there that, and, and it, it's just a waste of time, you know. Um, that's what, and, and that's the point you're making when you say turn the news off, you know, uh, think for yourself, come to your own resolutions, do your own homework, get, do the, as Kevin Rutherford says, do, do the hard work, you know, yeah. yourself, you know, or at least ask a question. Why? When you give me that line of craziness, I'm going to ask you, well, explain it. You know, and then when you see their eyes cross and glass over, you know, well, they don't really know the answer. That all, all they can claim is explain is that, well, that's what the experts say, you know. Right. Just in case you're listening to this and it's it's, you know, 2030, we got a we had a we've got a virus going around. It started in China that's made itself over here and it's 
scared everybody out of their ever-loving minds, okay? 650 people as of today in the United States have died out of 350 million, okay? More people die in a car wreck every day than that, every day. Right. But we're freaking out, okay? And, and literally, society has come to a screeching halt. You can't get together with more than two people. You have to stay six feet apart, you know? You, uh, everything is closed. The only thing that's open is essential things like grocery and liquor, okay? And and you're 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 ordered to stay in your house. Now I want I want to, I want to put a disclaimer in here. Chris and I are not in the same location. We're we're social distancing here. <laughs> we we both washed our hands prior to this conversation. We'll have to wash them again when we get done. Um. You know, no uh, no no minors were involved in the filming of this movie. You know, we we've we have we have abided by all the CDC regulations. Okay. Uh, in 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 making this um, this uh, this podcast tonight, so I just want to make sure everybody understands that we're not together. We're we're way apart. We're keeping our distance. <clears throat> I I have been doing little live videos from the road this week because number one, I wanted to go on the record so that there would be something to come back to. Because uh, there's been a lot of times that I have said, well, I wish I would have said something. Or at least I had record that I said something. Because I don't believe this. I <clears throat> I believe there's a virus. And I believe that it is dangerous to um, a, a, a very specific set of people. It's very dangerous to them. Um, but I have absolutely zero concern about my own health, the health of my children, the health of my wife. Um, uh, I've got at least, at least three friends locally that are convinced they already had it, uh, back in November and December. And there's a lot of people in West Virginia telling the same story that they believe they had it because all the symptoms match it, because it came in quickly. It spiked a fever. They had the dry cough. They had the upset stomach. They had the headache and then it was gone. So I believe there's a virus, but I absolutely unequivocally do not believe that it's going to kill 2 million or 20 million people in America. It's just not going to happen. And what's most unfortunate, there's a guy that I follow on Facebook that is an immigration attorney and a pastor in Ohio. And somehow or another, I found him a couple of years ago, and I really enjoyed following his post because he would tell me the truth about immigration, right? He would, he could tell you from his experience as an attorney of someone that, you know, goes through the, uh, the front door, you know, as they say, to come in the right way. Well, he can tell you all of that because he's been through it, and he, he would also tell the stories of the nightmares that his clients would go through because the U.S. government is so corrupt and has been for so long that they create these nightmare scenarios and they create these laws, and guess how they do it? They do it in a panic. They do it when people are scared and they come up with all the reasons you're supposed to be scared of the immigration and scared they're going to come get your gerb and they're going to come and make you sick and all that. And so they make it all these laws and this guy knows it right but buddy the minute this virus came on the scene all that went out the window 
all that principle, all of that logic. And I started calling him on it. And I'm like, hey, buddy, what happened to you understanding that when you terrify people on purpose and then you use that opportunity to write draconian, tyrannical, despotic, evil policies and laws, silence. He's so terrified. All he's all he can respond with was, well, you go ahead and do what you want. And if 20 million people die, it's going to be on you. And I'm like, well, I got nothing to worry about because 20 million people aren't going to die. It's not going to happen. But it's so unfortunate that we turn off our logic. We turn off our common sense in the face of fear, which is why fear works so well. And we've seen it in this industry for years. We have electronic logs and stricter log uh, mandates and road check 2020 because they use fear to tell the people, hey, we got to save you from them big trucks. Those truck drivers, you know, you thanked them for their service last week, but now that's over. So now those truck drivers are a danger to you. And so you need to give us more money and more funding and more power because we're going to get those truck drivers and we're going to do it for you, citizen. Well, and also remember that we became the target after the tobacco companies were toppled. See, prior oh, to us, it was the tobacco yeah. companies, okay? Yeah. All the ambulance chasers, they were going for that money. But now that's gone. So yeah. now big trucks now are now the target. Because first, we're pretty easy prey because we've got easy targets. Let's just put it that way. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and we're scary. You know, we don't shower. We don't shave. We look bad. We stink. You know, we're fat and and we drive these big things and scare people and get up on their tail ends and, and do stupid stuff. But that's why we're the target now is because now we're now. And, and of course, also, there's no um, they, they won't pass any kind of legislation that limits the uh, the uh, amount of money that that what's the, I can't think of the term for, it, but there's no cap on what a uh, uh, a, yeah. a, uh, a suit can be settled for, you know. Right. Uh, the, so, um, and uh, attorneys, you know, cha-ching, you know. I mean, let's go after a big truck. Yeah. It's it's just, and it, it's such a, you know, we talked before about blockchain and, and, and crypto, and this is the kind of thing that is going to push us forward uh, because there's going to be so many, um, so many, there's, there's, there's a kid somewhere, uh, you know, sitting in his, in his, his bedroom and he's been thinking about an idea and he's like, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. And then this starts to happen. And there, so there are people as we speak that are seeing what's happening. They're seeing the actions of the Federal Reserve and the trillions of dollars of printing money, and they're seeing this civil liberties being eroded, and they're seeing the invasions of privacy. And this this event is probably going to be a turning point for human liberty. So I don't have a doom and gloom kind of view of this. I'm, I'm frustrated by it. And I am legitimately concerned that there may be violence if they continue to keep this up. Um, if, if they, because right now it's funny, like the governor of West Virginia. 
Buford T. Justice. What an idiot. He's so incompetent, but he's terrified. You know, he's absolutely terrified that if that if if the doomsday scenario happens on his watch, that he's going to get blamed for it. Oh, yeah. That's... But they come <clears throat> up with this. And I, there's a, a video I saw today of Larkin Rose. It was so good. And he made such a great point. He said, because a lot of people are concerned about martial law, you know, mm-hmm. and he says, look, guys. Number one, it, they don't have the resources. They, they, if they wanted to try to enact martial law, they just don't have the resources to do it. They don't have enough men and guns in order to control 350 million people. It's just not possible. Uh, now, sure, they could, you know, they could shoot 30,000, you know, and the rest of us would probably get in line. But they're just not going to do that. That that would. That would spark a civil war. Um, well, and there's so probably they, going to be some question as to whether or not they could get everybody, all the law enforcement people to line up behind that as well. Because right. some have already said, you know, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not enforcing that, you know. Right. I'm not going to go tell my neighbor that he's got to close his door up, you know. I'm not doing yeah. that, you know. So they <laughs> come up with these recommendations and, oh, I order this and I order that. But it's funny because, like, I know a hairdresser. You think she shut down her business? Exactly. You know, uh, <clears throat> so it's 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 absolutely unacceptable. Um, I consider I came up with a name. You know, we've got Al Qaeda. Uh, uh, they call it AQAP, Al Qaeda of the Arabian Peninsula. Right. I'm going to call them AQES. Al-Qaeda of the Eastern Seaboard. We've got all the terrorists in Washington <laughs> and New York City, and they're waging jihad on all of America. Those, man, those poor little guys over in the Middle East with their AK-47s and, and, their, and their stolen Humvee, they've they got to be bro- heartbroken right now because they've spent their, their whole meager lives trying to wage jihad on the great Satan. And here we are, completely destroying our economy. All We're doing a job for them, and they're like, in, in well, ten yeah, days, well, we've done what they haven't been able to do. Yeah. <laughs> they're looking <laughs> they, back, and going, Allah, yeah, Allah is great. <laughs> <laughs> They've been trying for twenty years, and hell, we shut it down in ten days. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's 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 just unfortunate and sad um, that uh, that heard we got to this place. I heard but, a term today, COVID, COVIDians. Have you heard that one? That's a good one. I like that one. I've used Corona Apocalypse a few times. Um, you want, this you, is, go ahead. You want to know something that all of a sudden nobody talks about anymore? That was a hot topic before this? California AB5. Oh. Yeah, Where'd they go? A, yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's funny. You know, they did. they did put most, well, they tried. But see, that's the thing, though. Okay, the whole reason, let's go back for a second, because that's a good point. The whole reason that my customers in Pennsylvania defy the governor order to stay open, to to close, is because contractors are not going to stop in a time like this. They're not going to stop putting on roofs. They're not going to stop installing windows. They're not going to stop stop installing doors. And so here is a retail outlet. Well, it's a wholesaler, but here's a here's a, a person that has customers that are going to come, and they know they're going to come because they know their people aren't going to stop. Well, it makes that point that when you are an employee, you are pretty much a slave, 
but when you are a legitimate, just be real, because I can put you off on a tangent here. When you are a legitimate <laughs> 1099 contractor, you know, and you're not, and you're not some slave that's paying somebody else's taxes for them, you have a level level of freedom that a lot of people don't. And I see these people exercising that freedom right now, even when the government tells you you're supposed to shut down. You yeah, know? I, I got a secret. I've had a house full of contractors all week. I asked him Monday morning, he showed up. I said, you guys really want to be here? I mean, you're supposed to not be working. <laughs> he said, get the hell out of my way. <laughs> but I've had a house full of them all week. So. Okay. Um, well, it, it's, it's definitely shown me, um, one, having a CDL as opposed to a, 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 a university degree in German polka history or gender studies, or, um, you know, that in a time like this, you, you not only are essential, you're incredibly valuable. Um, we've seen that. I, I have, I've, I've seen, um, you know, the resilience of people that are still out moving around. They're not scared. Um, I have, I've, I was hopeful for Texas, but I get to Texas I stopped at a Love's and went to the restroom and they've got the coffee and soft drink area blocked off and they have an employee standing there. You're not allowed to get your own coffee in Texas, you know, Texas, y'all gonna have to step up, you know, um, yeah. and the stupid signs all over the place and, you know, everything's full serve now. You know, uh, well, you can't get your own coffee. You can't get your own drink here. I've got gloves on. I'm going to take this, you know, Corona infested cup and I'm going to fill it up with ice and I got gloves on. I'm going to hand it to you. Uh, so the lunacy of that has gone a lot uh, is, is out of control. But there will be so many great innovations that come from this that that's really what I'm hopeful for. And I'm going to call it right now because we're recording this on the 25th. And I'm going to say it's either over on the 31st, which is the last the fifth day 15 of the president's 15 day thing or April 6th. And the reason I say April 6th is when the president signed an $8.3 billion bill, the first one, all that money had to be spent within 30 days. So I'm going to go ahead and call it that this will be completely over by April 6th. Um, we're already seeing something from the president. He's already starting to talk about getting things back moving and the media are losing their mind. They're, he's going to kill a million people. Um, he's no putting song. stocks over top of people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> people over profits. Um, yeah, the, the lunacy is out of control. Um, it, it, it could say a lot of really bad things about human beings, but we've been so saturated with fear for so long. And it's funny, like my head, my daughter, we went somewhere over the weekend and it's just me and her, she's 13 and we're driving down the road. And I said, so have you, have you looked into this coronavirus on your own outside of what you've heard me and mom talk about? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I've, I've looked at it. And I said, what do you think? She's like, I want to know what they're hiding. And I mm -hmm. thought, see, this generation, there's a lot of people, they want, they want poop on this generation coming up. But I'm telling you, they're not, they're not going to buy this stuff. And the, the little town next to us, well, they, they, all the kids are out of school, so they're over playing basketball. They cut the nets 
off the basketball hoops. And I'm thinking, do you think, are you dumb enough to think that a bunch of teenage boys are going to go, oh, no, the Nets are gone. We can't play basketball anymore. You idiots. Uh, going to the parks and all, they got all the caution tape wrapped around the playground. It's just, it's just stupid. So, uh, but now I did notice this today. I looked at the Landstar load board. We had over 43,000 loads posted. Okay. And our trucks all had a good week this week. Now, some of that surely is the bump from the panic where we're, re, where we're restocking the supply chain, where everybody went and cleaned it out. But I still am, am very confident that with the exception of the places where the businesses are literally shut down and you can't pick up or deliver, people are still ordering. You know, the country of 350 million people, there's a whole lot more people moving around than there are heading in their homes right now. And that that's a big part of what's keeping us going right now. So you need to understand if you are on team shutdown and you want everything locked down because you're hidden in your house and you got the blinds closed and the doors locked, you need to understand that only works if everybody else does it too. And everybody else isn't doing that. So you need to understand that all you're doing is playing into the hand of the tyrants and giving them what they want. So I'm going to need you to back off that because we're not doing it. I'm certainly not doing it. And if you come at me in a year with a gun in one hand and a syringe in the other and start talking about the vaccine you're going to give me, I've got I've got my own syringe and it shoots bullets back a whole lot faster than your vaccine does. <laughs> so y'all just need to be ready for that because it that is absolutely 100% not happening. So I'm, Well, I'm, you got any, you got anything I'm, else you want to add on this one? Well, I, we do have a little bit of housekeeping here because I okay. promised this guy we would do this. Oh, okay? that's right. Yes, you need to do that. There's, there's a we got we got some fan mail this week, and uh, it was a series of questions that I, I just felt like it would be easier for us to discuss it. Plus, I think there'd be other people out there that would probably be interested in the answer. And the answer actually may have changed this week if I had <laughs> answered this a week ago. <laughs> So uh, this will be a lot more current. Let me let me read to you what this was. It uh, it says, Mr. Long, I recently stumbled across a podcast where you conducted an interview concerning your introduction to the trucking industry. Your story intrigued me as I am approaching a crossroad in my professional career and am thinking about entering the industry. I'm in the Navy and expect to retire in two years. I had the opportunity to attend a course at my local community college on a grant program and earn my CDL. In two years, all four of my children will have graduated from high school, I'm not going to say where, and have been happily married for 24 years. When I retire from the Navy, I will be 46. Here's his questions. <clears throat> if you had it to do over again, would you still enter the trucking industry? <laughs> Other than obtaining my CDO, is there anything you would recommend I do to prepare? I intend for my home base to remain in where he lives. And are you aware of a local company you would recommend I approach to gain experience? How do your drivers handle work-life balance? Being a Navy guy, I'm accustomed to being away from home. And thank you for your time. So let's just let's just take these one at a time. Um 
he obviously is referring probably to my very first podcast where I talked about how I got in the industry and what, what the fluke thing it was. If I had to do over again, would you still do it? Yeah, I would answer that question. Yes. Um, and the reason why um, current events notwithstanding, um, I still think that the entry um, barriers to this industry are are low enough that you can you can get in the industry and get to a point where you can do very well for yourself without a lot of experience and a lot of expense, especially in this guy's case where he can have a CDO come in his pocket before he starts with no money out of his pocket. So I mean, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that that's a big thing right there because now you don't have to sell your soul uh, to get a CDO and work for some company. Now, you're still going to have to go find a training company and work for them for at least a year. Um, yeah. Where what I recommend? Well, you know, I, I don't. I, I, I've said before, I I did mine at Transport America. I have no regrets doing that. The contacts that I still have there tell me that it's still a good place to work, a good place to learn. They do treat the drivers there very, very well. Um, I don't know their approximation to where this guy lives. I don't think there's any anything close by in terms of a terminal there, but that may or may not be the problem. But I would just say, look at the big training companies. You know, they're all, you can hold your nose and close your eyes and throw a dart and probably wouldn't matter which one you choose. But the the point is you've got to find one, you've got to stick with it for 12 months and you've got to keep your nose clean. You got to just, you know, put the blinders on, grit your teeth and get through. That's just really what you got to do, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as working out of Virginia or out of that area, I don't see the problem with that. There's plenty of freight going up and down the 95 corridor. I don't, I don't think that's going to matter. You, you mentioned that home time is not a have to for you. Um, understand that there is a balance between work and home time. Um, and everybody has a different comfort level with that you know we've got drivers that can stay out for weeks and we've got other drivers that have to be home every weekend so um obviously most places when you're going home although i have one guy that it doesn't affect him at all by going home he makes more than anybody else in my company he's home every week for three days but mm-hmm. for most people uh going home does typically take you off of freight or out of out of a lane and and it could affect your your, your income, you know, but, um, that's just something you're going to have to decide on your own. What, what's more important to you, um, being home, you mentioned your kids are going to all be gone. So it's pretty much going to be you and your wife. You might, you probably won't be able to do it in the first year, but after the first year, you might consider taking her with you off and on, you know, and that way you're not having to be home, but still good. So those are my answers. Chris, would you have anything else to add to that or? Uh, the only thing that I would say when you're looking for a training company, um, I would I would try to find one that has some sort of operation near you. Um, because if you, let's say Transport America, for example, you know, they've got stuff up in Minnesota. Well, if you're in, you know, Virginia Beach or, you know, or, or South Carolina uh, and they don't have any assets nearby it's it's just better to have someone that has some sort of asset close to you but it's not a deal breaker because 
the industry has changed so much. Like Schneider, for example, when I worked at Schneider, man, they had, I don't know, seven, six or seven terminals, you call them operating systems. They had shops and they had showers and they had restaurants. And most all of those are gone, you know, because that the nature <laughs> of the business, the truck stops have kind of become that operating center for them. So it's not a deal breaker by any means, but if you could find somebody that has assets close to you, I would do that. Now I would avoid, you got to be really careful about the word local because in your email, you said, well, is there a local company I can get experience with? Well, you just have to watch because in order to qualify at Landstar and most everywhere else, you have to have quote over the road experience. And so you may find a local job near you that will train you and give you a job. But if all you do is run around town, you're not going to qualify. So you're going to have to have more uh, a broader experience in order to move up. So that's that's pretty much the only thing there is. Let, let, let me go back to the very first question because I want to I want to expand on my answer a little bit. If I had to do over again, would you still get in the trucking industry? And, and you're asking that question, I think, because obviously you're trying to decide if this is the direction you want to go or not. And here's going to be my take on this or my advice to you. Yes, I, I would do it again. Now, you're here. Let's look at the situation. This this gentleman's 46. My guess is he's retiring. Well, he said that he's retiring from the Navy. So he's going to have a retirement. OK, that right. that's a that takes a that's a big that's a that's a big deal. Okay, that's oh, a big yeah. deal. He doesn't have the pressure, financial pressure. But here's going to be the temptation, sir, is that because of that, everybody you talk to is going to try to get you in a lease purchase. You know, yep. that's going to be that's going to be you know stuck under your nose everywhere you go. And if you'll continue listening to our podcasts, uh, you'll find out that I I do not recommend you do that at all. I do recommend that you go ahead and get your experience. I do recommend that, you know, that you um, stay as a company driver. Um, and um, and if, the, if you decide that this is something that you want to pursue in terms of being an owner-operator and having your own business, then obviously I'm going to tell you that we would like you to do it the way we do it. And that is don't borrow money, even though you're probably financially in better position than most guys. Uh, I would, my advice to you, and this is a way that I run my business right now is my business is my business and my home is my home and I don't mix the two funds together. So even though you're going to be retired and have retirement income, I'm going to tell you that approach your business as if you had no money, you know, start it just like you had nothing. Now you'll have an advantage because you've got credit. And you've got probably a good credit score and you've got income and, and all these things are going for you. But don't let those be the crutch. Pretend you don't have those. Pretend that money is not available to your trucking business, you know, and start yeah. your trucking business and run it just like you have no money, you know, and uh, and make it that will make it stand on its own and be profitable on its own. And, and don't be tempted to do the stupid things that we talk about. If you'll keep listening to the podcast, you'll find out what those stupid things are. But but yes, I would do it. I do think it is a uh, in your case, uh, I think you could get on a fast track to because um, my opinion is I would get back in the business. I would do it a little differently than I did it because I would have um, accelerated my expansion. Um, what we're doing now, I, I, would, I wish I'd done it five years ago. 
but um, um, the point I'm trying to make is that get in here, get to the point where you want to be as quick as you can uh, so that you can uh, reach millionaire status and get the hell out, you know, and and uh, and have a second retirement or a second source of uh, of investment retirement and uh, and not have to do this, you know, till you're 67 like I am. So that'd be my yeah. only other thing I would say. Yeah. So what was the what was the rest? Of, I, I, I was looking for the email, but I can't find it. So he asked, what else um, did he ask? Other than obtain the CDO, is there anything he would recommend him do to prepare? Um, I, I don't know of anything. Well, if you don't, I guess if you don't have any, I mean, somebody's been in the military that long, probably redundant to say this, but if you don't have any business experience while you're, while you're, I would read some books, you know, I'd get some Dave Ramsey, I'd get some leadership books. I would get, uh, I would read, um, the box, the story of the shipping container, um, that gives you a really good overview of the industry and kind of how we got to where we are. But I would, I would spend as much time That's in education advice. beforehand, yeah. just so it shows you to understand the business because understanding, um, as much as you can about the business itself is just going to help you when you get in here and, and keep you from getting, uh, distracted, you know, there's sure. a whole lot of distracted people in this business and they're, they're shiny stuff. To get some off to look into stuff that don't matter, um, so that I would I would just say that. Be careful about listening to other people because they don't want know more any more about than you do, and uh, and just to add to what Chris, all those things are are excellent suggestions. If you do think that you're going to end up being your own, um, you know, in in your own business eventually, an owner operator, I would also suggest you start l- looking at some basic accounting and bookkeeping classes. Because if you can yeah. do that, you'll be much better at analyzing your business. You know, you'll make a lot less mistakes. Um, so I would add that to that list. Um, yeah, we we uh, need to put together a little uh, a little education resource, got books and and uh, and and stuff that we could put out for people to uh, have stuff like that. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll that. put that on a list of stuff to work on, right? Yeah. So anyway, good luck to you. Keep uh, keep in touch. Let us know what you're going to do. Um, uh, if you want to uh, continue emailing me, I, I'll be happy to to you know give you my advice through here. But uh, those are all good yeah. questions, and I think everybody would probably enjoy hearing that. Other than that, we uh, we are pretty excited. We've got uh, a couple new drivers coming on uh, this weekend. We got, we're we're conducting orientation this weekend. And, We've got uh, we've got two new folks coming on. We're very excited about, and, and um, so that's always exciting when you you know when you add new people. So um, we're um, looking forward to the weekend. Uh, yeah. Don't know that we'll do a podcast this weekend. Probably why we're doing one now. We're gonna be pretty busy this weekend. So. Yep. All righty. Well, we can wrap that episode up on that. Everybody appreciate you listening. Make sure you. Uh, like and subscribe on Facebook, on YouTube, and uh, check us out on Facebook. Send us email, Chris at BlueRibbonLogistics.com, Larry at BlueRibbonLogistics.com, and we will see you next time.